It had been 7,687 days since the Colorado Avalanche hosted the Stanley Cup, but that all changed last night when the Avs won the Stanley Frickin' Cup. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by special guest Justin Michael today on the DNBR Broncos podcast. And of course, we're going to be talking all things Broncos here, but we got to start off with the huge news and the massive celebration that took over Denver last night. Justin, the Avs are Stanley Cup champs for a third time. Finally, right? I mean, it. this was just such a long time coming, and I'm going to be honest, I cried. I cried when Gabriel Landeskog lifted the, the Stanley Cup. Yeah. It, it's been just a, you know, it's been a tough couple of years for everybody for a whole lot of different reasons. And I don't know, these teams, I, I really leaned in, like they were just such a pleasant distraction these last couple of years, whether it was the bubble season and then going all the way into these last two years, it, it was just awesome. And to see the community, you know, come together and, you know, the videos and the photos from the bar, just, just absurd. What an incredible moment in Colorado sports history. And honestly, I think, I think we all needed it. Oh, absolutely. And what a great time to to be in the DNVR fam, whether you're reading the awesome articles over at the DNVR.com from the apps, whether you're on Twitter with us, whether you were at the bar last night, look at how crazy it was going as the apps take home the cup, all the white pom-poms there, just people going absolutely nuts. And it just, it just reminds you of what a fantastic sports city this is. And look, we, we see it all the time uh we, we see it with the broncos even when they're not good how good the the fan support is and then i mean just how good it can be uh for the other teams as well and it really reminds me of you know what are we talking six years ago 2016 when the denver broncos won it all of course the 2015 season but they actually won it in 2016 and the parade that they had a million people were there flooding the streets to celebrate peyton manning von miller uh gary kubiak that entire team and then now this thursday Justin, we get another parade. This town is going to show out like crazy. I put out a tweet earlier today saying Broncos training camp starts in one month and people were mad at me for taking focus away from the abs. And I just, I love it. I love it because this, this town has rallied around this team. And like you said, Justin, this team has really been there for this city these past couple of years because the, the Nuggets have so much talent. It just hasn't come together for that championship run yet and they could certainly do that in the next few years but the abs were the chance for this town and this city to get a championship kind of a few years back and also moving forward they probably still have the best chance to keep bringing these championships home yeah i mean the the title window is still open well they've got a lot of guys on team friendly contracts right now and you know as as you see in the NFL, it's, it's hard to keep everybody once you start winning. I think the Chiefs have kind of experienced that in a, in a you know real way these last two years. But it's it's all about the abs right now. I cannot wait for the parade. I I had to miss the Broncos parade, unfortunately. I was still in school, and I had mm. an exam. And I offered to take it early. The professor would not let me move it. No and, way. Uh, it's, it's one of the biggest regrets of my life. I should have just ate the zero. Um, but it's tough you know college courses aren't exactly cheap you know thousands of dollars but i really regret it like i think about it all the time so i cannot wait for this parade on thursday i can't wait for this whole thing to come full circle i mean my first pro sports memory when i was like conscious enough to know what was going on june 
ninth, uh, 2001, my sixth birthday. Gavs beat the Devils for the Stanley Cup. I remember the celebration, everything going crazy. That's when I fell in love with sports. All these years later, you know, to, to have it happen is just awesome. And, you know, as we're going to talk about today, hopefully, you know, the Broncos, they've got some things in place now, can kind of like get back in a position where we start talking about them the same way. Absolutely. Justin, you're giving me goosebumps just thinking back to those early Avs teams and the memories that you have. And with that, Joe Sackick did something super, super cool last night and something that is so cool for Colorado sports to not just have one legendary player, potentially the franchise's best player, win it as a player, but then also come back in a general manager role 20 years later and win it as an executive, win it as a general manager. Denver has now had that twice. John Elway did it once, and Joe Sackick has done it now. That is what storybooks are made of, and that it's just it's it's a fairy tale, not even ending for Joe Sackick. Now, maybe it should have been a fairy tale ending for John. Maybe he should have walked away just like he did after his second championship. Uh, but it was John Elway still an incredible run with what he did, and Joe Sackick he has the chance to potentially become the best player general manager combination in all of sports ever. I think with the way he's built this team, like you said, Justin, this team isn't going away. This team is built to continue to win. And it is so exciting. Look, I mean, I'm rocking a Joe Sackick Jersey right now. Love it. One of my childhood idols, arguably, I know. I mean, the Elway lure is, is hard to, compete with but i think if there's anybody that has a realistic chance of like maybe being in the conversation of the greatest denver athlete of all time outside of elway people love to say Jokic, obviously after back-to-back mvps sakic delivered the city its first pro championship he's three for three in terms of his appearances he might be a better gm than he was a player and that's absurd and i'll say this about elway yeah the, the tenure lasted too long no no doubt but we go back you know to that 2015 year and people were still talking about Elway in, in kind of a similar manner like man he's constructed these teams you brought in Peyton all these free agents is he an even better executive than he was a player no but the <laughs> fact that it's even a, a conversation is crazy and hopefully Sackett can keep it rolling though because I think that the Elway discussion is kind of a it's a good reminder that it's a what have you done for me lately atmosphere in sports. So got to keep the winning rolling or, you know, the, the tide will turn. That's it's a fantastic point. OK, let's tie the Broncos into this conversation because, Justin, this playoff run was not a surprise for the Avs. Them being champions, not a surprise, especially after last year. Another disappointing exit from the second round. It was clear, especially from the leaders of this team that they were focused on winning the cup and that was their goal and they weren't going to be satisfied with anything less. In fact, Nathan McKinnon, I believe it was during the second intermission last night, was asked, how you feeling? 2-1 lead going into the final 20 minutes of this game before you're about to be a Stanley Cup champion. He said, no emotions. We, we haven't done anything yet. I mean, 20 minutes before winning it, he was still laser focused, locked in, and that's the attitude that they had and it wasn't just a Stanley Cup run. Justin, the Avs were the best team in hockey from the start 
to the finish. And now they did stumble at the very end of the season, but they weren't playing some of their guys. It seemed like it was part of the plan. They did finish as the second best team in terms of points. Florida Panthers had a little more, but really the Avs were the best team from start to finish, but the Avs were the number one seed in their conference. They had the best defenseman in the NHL with Kale McCarr winning that award just last week, only 23 years old, which is crazy. They also Joe Sackick, who we just talked about, he's up for general manager of the year, which hasn't been announced yet. Although every other award has, he should probably win that. And then of course, they didn't just win the Stanley Cup, Justin. They took care of business in the playoffs. We're talking about multiple sweeps. We're talking about six, what was it, 16 and four record that they had in the playoffs? Absolutely dominant. And so I want to talk about what needs to happen for the Broncos to have as dominant of a season from start to finish. Uh, and uh, let me just start there. What needs to happen, Justin? All right. First of all, I'm going to get into it. I want to say just real quick, since you brought up the fact that the Avs technically, you know, did not finish as the best regular season team. This is true. Reminded me a little bit of, you know, a, a dominant NFL team dropping week 16 and week 17 because they have their seating already locked up. It's like, do we really put any sock into this? The answer is no, because they went 16 and four in the playoffs, tied for the best run ever. They had 72 wins in total between the regular season and the postseason. That's also tied for the best ever. Congrats, Florida. Congrats. You won the regular season title. It doesn't mean a thing. You like Tampa Bay. Your entire state is now sad because you have to watch the real hockey state, Colorado. Stanley Cup champs, NCAA champs, national high school champs. Shout out Denver East. We're rolling, Incredible. but I'll get on topic now. Sorry, I just had to like get that off. No, my chest no, real quick. I, I, I love that, Jess, and it really speaks to just how dominant this season was. It, and of course, anytime you have a, a a championship season, it's a great season. But there are some that stick out above the rest. I mean, when we look at the NFL really quick, and I and I like that you brought us this direction. Uh, when, when you look at the the uh, Eli Manning led Giants. You don't think, oh my gosh, what a juggernaut. No one could <laughs> beat him. No, they were a team that got really hot at the right time. And Eli Manning was clutch as can be in the fourth quarter and in the playoffs. They had some balls literally sticking to helmets in order for them to win. And they beat a juggernaut in the New England Patriots. Not once, but twice. They weren't a juggernaut team. They, they weren't a fantastic team. They just got hot at the right time. You could even say that about the Denver Broncos, despite them being the number one seed in 2015, they kind of backed their way into the number one seed, which is just crazy to say about a number one seed. And then in the playoffs, their offense was far from being dangerous, from being a juggernaut, but it was the defense that was so incredibly good. And you can say that about hockey. A lot of times in hockey, and why hockey playoffs are so up in the air, is you'll have eight seeds that make runs, seven seeds. Hockey, and that, that's a great thing about hockey, is if you make the playoffs, you legitimately have a chance. Just look at the Florida Panthers, the best team in the regular season. They lost in the first round this year. And it, it, it's just, it's crazy, but the Avs, completely opposite of that. I mean, they were just so good. And I love those numbers that you pointed out, Justin, to show just how good they were. Well, and I like that you brought up that results, you know, we love to fixate on who is champion. And technically, if you're the champion, you're the best team of that season, right? 
but it's not always the best team of the entire season that wins. You know, I think back to when the Broncos lost to the Ravens. I felt like they were the best team in the NFL that year between what they had offensively and defensively. I think that's the best team of the Manning era. I know the next year, offensively, they put up all the numbers, ended up, you know, falling short in the playoffs, but it, it takes more than just talent. And and we saw, I saw in the comment, you know, the Broncos need to get a Cam McCart. Yeah, having players like Nathan McKinnon, Cam McCart, just having elite talent that's better than anybody you're going up against, clearly, that makes a difference. The Nuggets have that in Jokic, though. It's, it takes more than just talent. You have to have everything from, you know, leadership and talent, but also, like, structure within your organization. The Broncos have been kind of a, a mess, you know, with this ownership situation for half a decade now. This year, we don't really know what's going to happen as far as Rob Walton and what that impact means. But you have the quarterback, finally, in Russell Wilson. You trust him. You have a general manager in George Payton who seemingly is doing a good job and at least at this point has kind of earned the benefit of the doubt. Nathaniel Hackett, TBD. But you have two of the four, you know, kind of key pillars of an NFL franchise. You know, you know, Russell Wilson and George Payton, you're locked to go. You think things are going to turn around with the owner because you've got more money than anybody. You think things are going to be good with Nathaniel Hackett, but the reality is he's never coached a game in the league. So we shall see. The Avalanche, they had that. They had it with, you know, Joe Sackick, obviously, but Jared Bednar as well. His first year in town, they were the worst team in the league. They didn't dump him. They believed in the faith that they have. And that comes from, you know, just quality structure within your organization. You need to have the right people in place, but you also need to have a plan and a vision and you need to be willing to stick to it. And I hope that, you know, Denver kind of does that. I, I don't think this year that's going to be a Super Bowl year. You kind of build towards it and do the things that you're doing right. And hopefully these next couple of years, you know, you, you crawl your way back towards the top, but you've got to have a vision and you've got to stick to it. If you're, you know, constantly changing what your vision is for the franchise, how are you ever going to reach any type of success? Money, absolute money, Justin. And that's exactly where it starts. That That's kind of the, the very broad picture of where you need to start for this conversation. And just look at John Elway. Uh, he had... I don't want to say he necessarily, well, no, he did have a vision. You know, he, he, his initial vision for this team was get Peyton Manning and then give Peyton Manning anything and everything he needs to succeed. And it got them so close. It, it got them closer than that second round playoff exit that the Avs have had for so many years. It got them to the Super Bowl on the doorstep of it. And then he realized that's not how we need to win. We need to keep him some pieces but I need to build this defense up. And boy, did he do a fantastic job of that the following two years. Really, that next offseason did a great job completely flipping his vision in a way that he believed in, went all in on it, and it got them the Super Bowl. Now, you also need to know when to abandon the vision and change. John called that right that first time around. That was a good switch. But then he got the taste of winning a Super Bowl with the defense and said, I can do it again. I can do it again. No, you can't. No, you can't. What he, and he didn't tried that. factor in was the Peyton Manning element, which exactly like, look, everybody knows Peyton in 2015 was not the Peyton Manning of the rest of his career. I mean, that, that home game against the chiefs, I can't remember what week it was, but it was hard to watch. Like being in the stands, it, it was physically hard to watch. There were some Broncos fans that booed him and I, to this day, it infuriates me when I think about that. But <laughs> then, you know, week 17 comes around. Who do they go to in the second half? Peyton Manning. So, yes, you know, they 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 tweaked their vision. They changed their ideology. They, you know, 
they changed head coaches, obviously, getting rid of John Fox and bringing in Gary Kubiak. The Avs, you know, this run started with Patrick Wye, and then it, you know, ultimately comes to fruition with Jared Bender. You make small tweaks, but ultimately the vision is we we had Peyton Manning, we're going to build around him, and we're going to get to the promised land. It took four years. I don't think anybody thought it was going to take four years. I don't think Avs fans thought it was going to take nine years for Nathan McKinnon to win a Stanley Cup. Yeah. But they got to where they needed to be. Yep, exactly. They completely did. And then... John, while doing that too, he also just went through head coaches and we saw Vance Joseph not really even have an opportunity to be his own head coach. We we, we hear a lot of stories coming out that he wasn't really running things. And then you get Vic Fangio and and then you maybe give him too much time. And so you you have to make the calls at at that level too. Uh, But we've had some great comments in here uh, with, with people answering those questions of exactly what the Broncos need to do on the field and off the field in order to have this. And I want to jump into those, but first I got to tell you about where to get the best Colorado sports coverage. And it's over at thednvr.com. We're going to have the bar open in a couple months as we go through an awesome renovation project that's happening. But until then, check us out over at thednvr.com. We're going to have awesome, awesome coverage of everything Avalanche, everything Broncos, training camps in one month away. Rockies are rolling. And then, of course, a big season for the Nuggets coming up. Kind of, they may be on the, 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 precipice of what are they going to do moving forward are they going to keep this group are they going to change some things this season is going to be a big part into that and so check us out over at the dnvr.com and also you got to get in we dropped new shirts last night for the champs for kale mccarr you got to check them out over at the dnvr locker so check us out and when you sign up for an annual membership you get a free t-shirt of your choice can grab one of those abs ones so check us out at the dnbr.com. And here Absolutely we go. Ali's pulling them up fire. right now. Ooh. Look how cool Gorgeous. those are. Gorgeous. I love it. The Con Makar Award. And of course, the Avs Champions. It is a thing of beauty. And now, Justin, of course, the Avs join the Broncos with three championships. Three for three, though. That's that's the one thing they've got going for them in that <laughs> argument. Is. I'm a Broncos season ticket holder. Nobody, you know, don't throw stones at me. I'm not taking shots. I'm just pointing out, man, the abs are clutch. And I'm going to talk about that when we get back into the topic of what do the Broncos need to do. But I got to shout out Breck Brew, which has a beer for any lo- or any occasion, not location, or location, I guess. <laughs> There's no better way to watch a game than when you are drinking an ice-cold Breck Brew, whether it's, you know, Avalanche Ale, Vanilla Porter Jr., Strawberry Sky, they dropped a hard soda line this summer that's absolutely fire. I recommend root beer. The ginger ale is also really good. Yeah, the orange is my brother's favorite. A little too sweet for me. But what's better than the Avs winning? Uh, not much. Maybe getting drunk with all your friends, you know, crushing some ice-cold Breck brews, though. Check out the Breck Beer Locator. Find the closest liquor store, grocery store, whatever near you to sell the uh, awesome, delicious Breck brews. Also, the official beer at the DNVR bar. It's always flowing when we open back up. Like Zach said, the the Breck brews will be plentiful. Oh, they certainly will be. They will be flowing for Broncos season. 
And also you got to check out our friends over at American Raptors and Infinity Park because now all we have is the Rockies taking us through training camp. But we also have the American Raptors who are doing such cool things over at Infinity Park. We've told you about what the what, what the American Raptors are doing. They're taking athletes from so many different sports and training them to be rugby players. And they are really Fun to watch. They held an international series earlier this month where they were playing great international teams. And it's just a great time. Whether you want to go down by yourself, have a little date or bring the family, you can do that. And the awesome thing is it's free. And you can get tickets and find out more information by going over to AmericanRaptors.com. It's an awesome thing to do in the summer is check out all the events they've got going on in infinity park. It's a great venue, really, really close to Denver, literally just across the street of the Denver lines So check them out over at American Raptors.com. All right, Justin, back into this conversation. And I said, there were some good uh, comments in the comment section. And by the way, if you're tuning in live on YouTube, hit us with the thumbs up. We'd really appreciate it. If you're jumping in on Twitter, Hop over to YouTube as well. It's a better stream. The comment section's easier to interact, and it helps us, so we'd really appreciate it. And everyone tuning in on iTunes, we really appreciate it. You hit us with a five-star review if you don't remind or if you don't mind. But let's hop into some of these good comments because I think it's gonna they're really good points uh, about what the Broncos need to do to be as dominant as the Avs. And Dakota says a top flight offense and a suffocating defense. That's how the Broncos do it, or that's how the Broncos do it to make Denver the city of champs. Grant chiming in and says, what do the Broncos need to do? They need to find a Kale McCarr. And I love this because Grant's playing off a quote from Gabe Landeskog, and he was asked how other teams can replicate the success that the Avs had. And he paused for about seven seconds and then said, find a Kale McCarr somewhere. And I mean, just a, just a fantastic quote, a great comment from Grant. So Justin, we're getting a couple of these comments thrown in here. What do you think they have to do? We, we already talked about the big picture stuff, having that vision. And I absolutely love that direction. What else do they have to do? They got to start winning the games that matter. You know, I mean, Kansas city obviously is, has been a big bugaboo for the Broncos for the, the last half decade, but even beyond that, I mean, it, it, it's been so long since the Broncos had that, like, just premier regular season win that you were like, all right. Like, they've come close a couple times to some of these division ones. I guess you could, you know, maybe look at, like, Drew Locke's first start against the Chargers or, I don't know. I mean, there were a couple moments here or there. But, I mean, when you look at the abs and what they were able to do in overtime, going four and one in the postseason and in overtime, but really all season. I mean, they, they swept Tampa Bay in the regular season series as well. When the games mattered most, when the lights were on, when the pressure was on, that's when the Avs played their their best hockey. And I think part of that, you know, it stems from the the culture that you have within your organization. And, you know, the Broncos have been kind of trying to rebuild that. You have a new coach, new quarterback, new owner, all of that. They're in the process of that. But you got to start winning these games that matter, not just the Giants and the Jets and the Jaguars or whatever it was. I mean, you, you got to win the games that people actually care about. Yeah, it's, it's a fantastic point. And then on top of that, I take it back to the 2015 season. 
the Broncos were so good in those games. And the Broncos were so good in the fourth quarter and closing games. that They had like a record number of close game wins. They were so clutch. And and it go, that's exactly what we're talking about, Justin, because no, it's not realistic to expect the Broncos to blow every team out, especially the good teams. We expect a lot of close games, especially in the AFC West with the Raiders, Chiefs, and Chargers. A lot of close games. They've got to be clutch in order to come up with those. And so I really like that. And 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 I want to point to what Dakota said. A top flight offense and a suffocating defense. Balance. That's how the Broncos do it. And to be dominant and to be remembered as one of the best teams of all time, like the Avs are going to be remembered. That's what the Broncos have to do. Because when I think of the Avs initially, the first thing I think uh, just about the team build is I think, oh my gosh, an absolutely potent offense, the best offense in the league. And that's what they were this year. They, they, they were the best, best offense, scored 312 goals, far more than anyone in the Western Conference. But you know what they also had, Justin? They had the second fewest goals allowed in the Western Conference as well. And that's exactly what Dakota's saying with a top-flight offense and a suffocating defense. Now, of course, it's easy to say that, have the best offense in the league and have one of the best defenses in the league, of course. But that just shows how you have an absolutely dominating thing. And also, Justin, though, one thing the Broncos haven't had is that top-flight offense these past few years, and it has held their defense back a little bit because the defense hasn't been able to just pin their ears back as pass rushers and get after the quarterback. That can cause uh, sacks. That can cause sack fumbles. That can cause interceptions to be thrown with Russell Wilson here in town. That's going to put it should put a lot more strain on opposing offenses to try to keep up, which could then force them into more mistakes and the Broncos defense can capitalize on that. Yeah. I mean, I think they kind of have to work harmoniously, you know, like the, the defense needs to pressure. And, and that's a big thing about the abs is they just, they put you in really difficult situations because they just attack you relentlessly, whether, you know, it's offensively, but even, you know, on the four check and some of the stuff they do defensively, they just never stop coming at you. And you've got to do that. And it helps when you've got a Kale McCarr. But guess what? The Avs also went out and acquired Devon Tays, Arturi Lekkinen. I mean, you've got to be able to make small tweaks and, and bring in, you know, key pieces to make improvements. So how how does Denver do it? Hopefully, you know, Peyton is in the process of doing it with some of these guys that he's drafted defensively. Obviously, you know, you're really excited about Patrick Sertan. Maybe he's that, you know, I don't want to say Kale McCarr because I genuinely believe Kale McCarr is the best player in the world. Patrick Sertan, I think he's going to be one of the best defensive backs in the NFL. I think he has a chance to be an elite corner. Is he going to be like the best defensive player in all of the NFL? I, I don't know. I Maybe that, that'd be awesome, but you need Kale McCarr, but you also need Devon So, you know, you have these key pieces, but it's also about, you know, the, the running mates and then the, the side pieces. I think about, in, in 2015, yeah, the Broncos had Von Miller. They also had Shaquille Barrett, you know, coming in as a rotational guy. And obviously, look what he's gone on to do. You've got to be able to find these other key pieces, whether it's in the draft, trades, whatever, to add to what you already have in place. Yeah, you're you're 100 right, and, and that's something that uh, that John Elway was able to do very successfully. Add the Akeem Talibs, add the Darian Stewart's, not even the big time names, but add those 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 role players that then turn into more than just role players. But you get them at role player costs. And and just like the Joe Sackick, 
was criticized for some of the moves he made, especially at the trade deadline this year. But those were the guys that came in and really, really stepped up for them. So, so you're right. It's it's about building the things. And I think Patrick Sertan is a big part of this conversation. Now, Kale McCarr and, and Mile High Mike is coming in, in the comment section and saying Kale McCarr uh, or Patrick Sertan is the Kale McCarr. Patrick Sertan so. certainly is, is is the closest thing to that. I don't think the Broncos have a guy outside of Russ that will impact the team like Kale McCarr does because Patrick Sertan isn't going to come in and be a, a wide receiver as well and be scoring touchdowns for you like Kale McCarr w- w- was scoring goals for you and also being the best defenseman in the NHL, like you said, Justin. So that is going to have to be, you're going to kind of have to find your Kale McCarr on both sides of the ball. And that is Pat Sertan on the defensive side. Th- there's no doubt about it. But then you need that other superstar. Is it Garrett Bowles who, who steps up and is the best op, one, one of the best left tackles in the NFL like he was two years ago? Is it Jerry Judy that evolves to be an absolute superstar? And that's what we're talking about when we talk about Kale McCarr. We're talking superstars. And Kale McCarr is a superstar. Nathan McKinnon's a superstar. One of those is going to have to be Russell Wilson if the Broncos are going to have Definitely. this dominant of a season. But then can they find one to two more superstars? Maybe it's Javante Williams that's just impossible to tackle, and he's a 1,500-yard back. Probably not this year because he's splitting carries with Melvin, but next year, or he plays like that. That's what the Broncos need. And then you add those role players. Can it be a Nick Benito? Can it can it be a Malik Reed where we're talking about the Broncos can't keep him because they have so many other pass rushers and he just had a season where he's going to go get $15 million and they cross their fingers that it's not the next Shaq Barrett where then he goes out and has uh, you know the, the best defensive player uh, and the most sacks in the NFL the next year. It's about finding those guys. And you know what? It's also about having the Joe Sackick in your building. And right now, George Payton isn't to the level of Joe Sackick in terms of being uh, up for the best general manager in the NHL and probably should win that award. But George Payton's done everything so far to let us feel uh, l- like he is trending in the right direction. And I don't think it's crazy, Justin, right now with what George has done to say, yeah, I, I could see George Payton being in the conversation to be the GM of the year in a year or two. Yeah, you like the track record. I mean, the reality of the situation is that quarterbacks like Russell Wilson don't typically become available. They just they don't get traded. When you have a franchise quarterback like that, I mean, it, it just doesn't happen, at least not in the prime of their career. Obviously, the Peyton Manning scenario with free agency was a little bit different given his neck. Brady was a little bit different given he's the oldest quarterback, you know, to like keep playing at this level. I just think they, they were banking on history and somehow he continues to defy it and like keep putting up insane numbers. But I think more than anything, like it's about the the guys you bring in, but also it's about knowing which guys to, to let walk out the door, you know, whether that's coaches or, or players. I mean, the Avs had a lot of talented guys over the years, whether it was, you know, Matt Duchesne, who they ultimately move on from or Tyson Berry, or even a guy, really, really good guy in Ryan O'Reilly, who's gone on to have an incredible career with St. Louis after his stint in Buffalo. All those guys, you know, they were they were talented, but they weren't what the Avs needed. And so they, they made some moves and they, they let them go out the door. It's about who you bring in. But it's also about who you let go. 
It is. You're, you're, you're exactly right. And we talk about dogs uh, all the time, especially in this past week. And that may be the most difficult part of managing is, okay, when do I, and it's, it's about personalities and meshing all of that. And Joe Sackick and Jared Bednar did a fantastic job this season of that. So Justin, how realistic is it to ask for the Broncos to have this successful of a season? Because now we're not just shooting for the stars. I, I don't know. We're shooting for other galaxies with this because shooting for the stars is a championship. Shooting for other galaxies is 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 hoping for one of the best seasons of all time here. And what I'm talking about is I'm talking about being the number one overall seed in the AFC. Maybe not. Doesn't have to be the NFC because the Avs weren't, but being dominant from start to pretty much finish. And, and I think what we can say is the Broncos can drop the week 18 game because they already have the number one seed locked up, just pretty much like how the Avs did it this year. And then a dominant playoff run. And one where we're talking that they're in the conversation for, okay, are they better than the 97, 98 teams? And that is in the conversation. How realistic is that? Because the Broncos, Justin, we wouldn't be having this conversation a year ago if Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback, if it was Joe Flacco, if it was Case Keenum, if it was Trevor Simeon. But now oh. it's not crazy to, to be thinking of this and when this could happen. If, if you have the right quarterback, anything is possible in the NFL. I, I do believe that. I think the Broncos have a lot of really intriguing, talented players at very key positions, whether it's defensive back, edge, linebacker, you know, the skill positions. Bowles, assuming that he holds up at left tackle, I think they've done some things to improve the interior of the offensive line. You like all of that. But to do what the Avs did this year, just I, I, I can't say it's very likely because that would basically mean you're getting the best of like the Peyton Manning years in terms of the dominant regular season and runs, but also the result of 2015 all in one year, which again, that was like kind of the thing that I was trying to explain earlier. But one of the points I was trying to make is that it's just so hard to do this. Even when you have the right talent, even when you have the, the right leadership for this, all every single thing to go your way and have it pan out. Probably not super likely. Like that, that would be the best team in franchise history. I just don't know if I see that happening. But could they be, you know, close to it at, you know, winning Super Bowls in in the conversation? I think absolutely. But the only reason I I'm, I'm being just a little bit squeamish with this is just, I mean, I think a couple years from now when we have a chance to look back at this half season and you know really just appreciate everything that went into it. Like this is one of the most successful seasons from start to finish in Colorado sports history. Maybe, maybe the most, because it's probably the best abs team in franchise history, a, a franchise that had already gone two for two in the Stanley cup, delivered Denver its first, you know, championship, some of its first hall of famers, like what the abs did this year. Insane. I mean, we may never see a season like this again in Colorado sports history. That's how impressive it was to come in, with these expectations, all the pressure on your back, everybody thinks you're the one seed. Everyone expects you to win the cup and to do it, to win the most games in NHL history between the regular season and postseason, insanity. It, insanity is exactly what it is, Justin. And that's why I'm not talking about this happening this year for the Broncos. And when you look at the Avs, they're a great example of a timeline. When Jared Bednar took over, they were the worst team in the NHL 
by far. But you know what? Joe Sackick had that vision that we talked about, Justin, and the vision he stayed true to. And now the Broncos, if they have the worst record in the NFL this year, oh my goodness, this town is going to lose it and 500 million things went wrong in order for that to happen. But what 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 I think is what the Av show is that it's a process, right? And, and it can be a process, especially when we look at these past two Super Bowl champs in the NFL. We're like, oh no, it's not a process. You bring a you bring a new quarterback in that that's really good and potential Hall of Famer, and boom, you're gonna win the Super Bowl. Thanks to Tampa Bay doing that with Tom. Thanks to the Rams doing that with Matthew Stafford last year. But what the Avs show you is no, 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 not necessarily. And the you, you build it up and you reach milestones, right? The Avs then have a winning record. Then the Avs make the playoffs. Then the Avs get to the second round of the playoffs. And then a little bit of a disappointment right there. And instead of firing Jared Bednar and doing what the Broncos did and saying, we need a new head coach to get us over that hump like they did with John Fox, they they stuck with that path and it got them to the promised land. And so, Justin, I think this is something that if we're going to expect from the Broncos, we're probably three or four years away from that. And that could really be when Russell Wilson hits another prime because we've seen quarterbacks age very well in the NFL. That'll be his third or fourth year with Nathaniel Hackett. And then George Payton will be able to figure out exactly what right pieces he needs to add to this team because we're still going to be in a little experimental phase this year and next year with that. And so this year, Absolutely, you should expect the playoffs for the Broncos. Next year, if the Broncos don't want a playoff game this year, then you can ask for a playoff win. Then you're kind of where the Avs were. Okay, this team should be competing. This team should be the number one seed. And I think it's a great point you made of the expectations were so high for the Avs this year, and they came out and crushed it. Now, the expectations are so high for the Broncos this year compared to what they've been. But it's not like we're coming on here and saying Super Bowl bust. In fact, I think that'll start next year. And then that's when the expectations get crazy. But we're just, we're still a few years away from that. But you know what, Justin? That's actually kind of a relief because this AV season was was stressful uh, because of how high the expectations were. And if they would have lost in the first round, if they would have lost in the second round, I mean, people weren't really breathing until they made the Stanley Cup because that's how high the expectations were. This year, this Broncos season should be fun from start to finish because there are expectations, but they're pretty reasonable expectations. And also this team is going to be so much more fun than anything we've seen. I think people are really going to enjoy it. I think a, a big thing in sports, and I talk about this if you if you happen to listen to my CSU work, which you, you enjoy the process. Should. You know, like with the Avs this year, they were such a unique situation, and I think you nailed it. With you know, it, it was nerve wracking because it was Stanley Cup or bust. Like I, I talked about that with my friends and girlfriend. Like it, if they don't win this year, after the last three or four years, especially it's just going to be so gut-wrenching because they were right there. It would have been like if the Broncos never won a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. You know what I mean? Like they, right. they were there, they were there, they were there, and it just it just didn't happen. It happened. Now we can breathe a little bit. But with the Broncos, very similarly to CSU, you're in a transformation. You've got a new coach after, you know, an era that was extremely disappointing and boring, and now you have, you know, some energy, some life. You've got some juice going. All the excitement's there. That's a fun part of being a sports fan. That 
there was a part of that with the Avalanche, you know, eight, nine years ago, where it's you see rookie Nathan McKinnon, you see up and coming Gabriel Landeskog, Eric Johnson in his prime, and you think like, you know, this team could really do something. And you have those key moments and you have the heartbreaking moments too. But ultimately, you you know, you enjoy the ride up until you get to, you know, year nine where it's like Stanley Cup or bus. I think in sports sometimes, especially when you look at teams like the Rams, the Bengals, we get so wrapped up in that championship or bus mentality when the reality is it's almost never the case. Like there's maybe one team in the league, make two, three tops, like that actually have that mindset. Just appreciate the fact that you, you're turning the, the corner. I'm not saying like, you know, like, I don't know, people, they're going to come at me and be like, you need to have higher expectations. I'm not saying I don't want to get back to where we're going. I'm just saying it's not going to happen overnight. So appreciate the fact that you've got a fun team. You've got a quarterback. The vibes are trending in the right direction because the journey is so much a part of the process. Like sports mostly are heartbreak guys. So if you can't enjoy the come up, it's not going to be a lot of satisfaction in this process. It's a, it's a great point, Justin. And I really appreciate you jumping on the pod with me and we're not done, but something else I really appreciate is our friends over at draft King Sportsbook, where they are just making the money rain right now because they are also letting you get in on UFC this weekend, UFC 276. There's so many ways to get in on this because they are allowing new customers to bet $5 on any fighter to win. You'll get $100 in free bets, win or lose. That's all you have to do. Bet a $5 bet on UFC 276 coming up. You'll get $100 in your account. It does not matter who you bet on, $100 free dollars. And also, they've got same-game parlays for UFC. So you can combine multiple bets like which fighter will win, number of knockouts, and much more to get those boosts even higher, to get even, even bigger a payday and you can place the same game parlay. And if it hits for UFC 276, you'll win double. So just always so many reasons to join DraftKings Sportsbook. And I know we love DraftKings Sportsbook because so many of us at DNVR cashed out big on the abs, winning it on Kale McCarr, on so many things regarding the abs. So many of us cashed out. So if you're listening to us, you probably had a very good night as well. So head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get $100 in free bets when you bet $5 on any UFC fighter to win. That's $100 in free bets. Use code DNVR this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only new customer. Customers only restrictions apply to DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. And I also have to tell you about our friends over at Athletic Greens because last night was quite a party here in Denver. So you may be wanting to do something good for your body. And our friends over at Athletic Greens deliver. What is Athletic Greens? Well, it's one scoop that you put in a glass of water when you wake up in the morning and it gives you 75 high quality vitamins. So you don't need to turn to, to multiple pills anymore. This will give you 75 vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help get your day started right. It energizes you, helps your nervous system, your immune system, recovery, focus, and aging. It helps with all of that. And it's less than a cup of coffee 
per day. And it's also lifestyle friendly. Whether you are paleo, keto, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, contains one gram of sugar only and no GMOs. It's only good stuff. And they have over 7,000 five-star reviews and it's recommended by professional athletes and trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. So check them out over at athleticgreens.com slash Broncos. And when you do the slash Broncos over at athleticgreens.com slash Broncos, you'll get one free year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So check them out, athleticgreens.com slash Broncos. All right, Justin, I have loved this, and I want to talk to the people to hear what they have to say. So whether you're in the comment section here, leave us a super chat and we'll get to it, or we will talk to the people over at thednvr.com. And we've had some people already leave us some comments, so let's jump in right away and get to the first one from Official Fink says, Thank you, RK, for helping me get out of my way out here in Arizona. And not a lot of rural squirrels. When I was enrolled in school in Minnesota, I was barked at by squirrels. That was my first experience. Clearly, they are not nice. Also, it was one of those darker squirrels. So, so Justin, we, we've had this conversation on the pod for about the past week. Do, 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 is CSU known for their squirrels at all? Actually, yes, they're everywhere on campus, but they're not they're not aggressive. They're so used to people that people don't phase them in the slightest. So like you could be sitting in the quad reading a book and a squirrel just come four inches from you, just chewing on a peanut if you've got food. I mean it's it's a little bit unsettling at times, but yeah. Friendly and squirrels you know, at CSU. <laughs> friendly squirrels. I like that a lot. And uh, my uh, my fiance is working right behind me right now. And when I said that, she went to CSU as well. She she looked at me and was like, "Oh yeah, they're known for their squirrels." So that is <laughs> that is hilarious. And, and, and what we we're talking about is just everyone has has a squirrel uh, story, or especially at schools they're known for. So that is that is hilarious. And yes, that's impressive though that they're nice squirrels there. Hey, I'm not. If if you ask my dog Indy, all squirrels are are terrible, and you know they, they deserve the worst. So he he doesn't care if they're nice or not. But I, I was pro squirrel at CSU, but like from a distance, you know what I mean. Like I'm don't like come sit on my lap or anything like that. It's kind of like one time I was kayaking out in Florida, a dolphin came up and was like swimming with me. Ooh. It was really cool, but it was also like, please don't knock my kayak over. Like I want to observe <laughs> right. you from a distance. Right, right. Although I would, if I had to be close to either of them, the dolphin is probably scarier when you're, when you're in a kayak, but I'd rather be closer to a dolphin than a squirrel. Definitely more unique. I mean, it was a, it was a really cool experience and he was friendly and like, I would splash with the, the paddle and he'd like splash with his tail. We were going back and <laughs> that, forth. It was, a, it was that, a really cool time. That is a once in a lifetime opportunity. That is so cool. I mean, that, that, that's like, that's uh that that's one of the best memories ever i'd imagine yeah i mean it, on top of that like i was out in florida with my cousins and staying with my grandparents like a really fun family you know childhood memory core memory but yeah it was it was really cool man that is awesome next comment coming in from melbourne bronco maybe maybe he's seen uh some dolphins down under it says my boys studio a for awesomely amazing avalanche i listened to the game of altitude sports radio while driving around for work i hope the party is still going strong let's hope the broncos get a taste of the winning fever that has enveloped Denver. Cheers, 
I hope so too. I hope so too. And we saw a lot of Broncos reacting to it. Maybe they can catch the fire. And, and as we've talked about in the past too, Justin, you mentioned it earlier, the Avs were the first major sports championship in Colorado. And then the Broncos fed right off that next two years, won two Super Bowls. Maybe the Broncos can do that now. Feed off the Avs, win the next two Super Bowls. And then in a couple of years after that, the Avs win another one. That would be a great five or six year stretch in Denver. I'm down, man. While we're at it, like CSU, maybe win the Mountain West for the first time hey. since 2002. Like, give me something. Hey, give me something. Shoot, anything. Shoot higher, Justin. Shoot higher. Try for like, uh, you know, having the best tight end in the country or something like that. Oh, yeah. I will say real quick, though, CSU Mackey Award winner, All-American producing on basketball as well. Only G5 school to have a player selected in the top two rounds of the NBA and NFL drafts. So shout out to my Rams. Proud to be ever and both teams, the NVR guys. Yeah, I I don't know about ever, but definitely the only G5 team this year. Oh, well, that, that's that's for sure this year. Yeah, shout out to the Rams. And uh, Justin, you do great work covering the Rams. So you guys got to check out his work on Twitter at Justin T. Michael. And also, of course, over at the DNVR.com where he's got it all going on. And of course, DNVR Rams on Twitter as well. All right, next one coming in from Dan Burke says, Hey guys, just thinking about Brett Rippin. Interesting. And what his role is moving forward. The organization clearly values something about him. When Drew Locke was here, I think it was believed they wanted Rippin to be an extension of the coaching staff in the room. But now that Locke is gone and the Broncos don't have a young quarterback to develop, what exactly is Brett's role this year and moving forward? We all expect him to be an eventual coach in the NFL, but is that something that could happen this year? Several teams, including the Rams, 49ers, Packers, and Vikings, who all fall under the same umbrella as the Broncos, all have assistant quarterback coaches. The Broncos currently don't have one. Not crazy to think it could be brett if he wants to transition to coaching this year what do y'all think it's an interesting point one i hadn't really considered um i think there's value in having a guy you trust like brett to be the backup quarterback because i mean if if you're an nfl team and you lose your starter basically a abandoned hope at that point anyways so like the idea of having two quarterbacks that are both like capable of being competent starters has always been silly to me and honestly i think it's detrimental to some extent because you're splitting reps when that you know that look what happened with drew and and teddy you don't really elevate either of them and you just kind of keep them both at like the same baseline um as as far as brett and coaching goes i that would make more sense to me probably than him continuing to be the backup quarterback just because i don't think he really fits stylistically what Denver's going to do now with Russell Wilson but I mean I could be wrong he he can scramble a little bit kind of decent on play action I mean he was definitely more of a pocket passer at, at Boise State but I don't know I think there's value in having a competent backup if you want him to be I'm not so sure he still makes sense given the direction of where this offense is going Yeah, and I think you nailed it at the very end there, Justin. And and Dan, I think you you do have a great point that the organization has really liked Brett Rippon, and they loved him for Drew Locke. And Brett Rippon was really good for Drew. Uh, Not only were they best friends, but he was also uh, a a really good, I don't want to say coach for him, but he helped him in the mental aspect of the game a lot. They watched film all the time uh, and and really were, were good for each other other but now 
you don't need that with Russell Wilson. Russ doesn't need a teammate that's like that. And also this coaching staff hasn't shown that they love Brett Rippon like the old coaching staffs have because they brought in Josh Johnson and Josh Johnson, Justin is clearly the Broncos backup quarterback. There is no question about that. There was going to be a little bit of a battle this year for, for between Brett and Johnson. There isn't watching TAs. It is very clear. Josh Johnson is the number two quarterback of this team and we'll see, but you always go into training camp with at least three quarterbacks, if not four. So they're going to keep Brett around. I would be surprised if Brett makes the final 53 man roster and he's probably going to go on somewhere else. But Dan, what I could see is this happening somewhere else for him. Uh, what maybe it's in Seattle where he goes and he becomes a coach to, and, and is close with drew or because I do think Brett has what it takes to be a good coach because he's got that mind and that grasp of the game from the college level. So I think that's a good point. I just don't think it's happening here. And, and I, I do think Brett's days are, are numbered in Denver. Yeah. I'd be right, pretty shocked one. if he's still on the team, even for like the fourth preseason game, to be honest. Yeah, that, I, I, I agree, Justin. Next one coming in from Chase J 98 says took a parlay. I called my DNVR special for the Warriors to win an NBA championship, which was Zach and Kale to win the con, which was RK back in my back in May at plus 900. Shout out to my boys Ooh. in DraftKings for this miraculous morning. Oh, Chase, what a great bet to get in on. And I was thinking, and Justin, you'll really like this one. I was this close to pulling the trigger on Warriors to be champions. And this was back at the very beginning of hockey and NBA playoffs. Warriors to be champions, I think they were plus 600. Avs to be champions, I I believe they were plus 300. And then Alabama to win the whole thing this year with Bryce Young coming back. They were plus 250. The parlay would have been like around plus 2,000 or something. Or no, I think it would have been potentially even higher. And I just... I just thought, man, the three favorites, they're not all going to be able to do it. So I backed out at the end, but oh man, would I be feeling good? Because of course, Alabama, man, they're, they're going to roll this year. Do you guys want to hear my sob story? No, but it's fantasy football and bets are kind of similar where it's like, nobody cares about your lost bets. Other no, than we, we want to hear it. But, uh, at the beginning of March Madness, I placed a $20 parlay. I don't know why I said the units. That's bad taste. You're not supposed to say your units, guys. I placed, <laughs> but I'll, whatever. We're, I'm being real with you guys. I we placed love it. a $20 parlay on Kansas to win the national championship. They did. On the Avalanche to win the Stanley Cup. They did. <laughs> and on the Phoenix Suns. The betting favorite to win the NBA championship. I thought that was the smart one. I I thought KU and like the abs were my heart. I was like, I'll just throw in the Suns. They've been killing it all year. They made the finals last year. I would have won a lot of money. A lot of money. Um, Yeah. So I, I, I know Phoenix is part of the all city network, but uh, I hate your city right now. So (laughs) shout, shout out to Phoenix. I hope you never win a title. Oh man, that is that is very fair. And Justin, I hope you never bet on uh, Phoenix or a Phoenix team again. Maybe you've learned your never. lesson. Yep. Under and, yeah, under yeah. I mean, it, I deserve it to be honest. Like, bet in the people you believe in. And I, the Suns historically choke artists. It's like the Chargers. You know, the Chargers are going to charger it up. I hear I they got Justin Herbert. He's great. They got Keenan Allen. He's great. They got Bosa. He's great. Guess what? They're still the Chargers, and they're going to charger it up. 
And that's what the Suns did. They sunned <laughs> it up and they killed oh. me. But I did recover because I bet on our guy, Kale McCarr, to win the Con Smythe. And I parlayed it with my guy, David Roddy, to be a first round draft pick and got that at like plus 500 or something. So oh, still I money, love it. But uh, should have made a lot of money. Oh, man. So close on that. But now, actually, maybe you can bet for Arizona because your guy, Trey McBride, Trey's down there, there with the yeah. Cardinals. But I guess maybe you bet on the Cardinals. You wouldn't be betting on the Suns. I'll bet on like Trey as an individual. I'll take his game props. But uh, I don't <laughs> know if I can it. bet on the Cardinals because I don't trust Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> so that's like a whole different no and i don't trust kyler either kyler. i mean yeah, the, in, in terms of trust i mean Ky kyler can do great things there is no doubt about that but like trusting week in week out year in year out he's not there for me yet and Maybe clearly he actually he's got to learn to stay on the field until he can stay healthy yeah. you know i mean to an extent i'm interested to see what there's some comparisons with russ you know i think when russ was most dynamic it was when he was able to improvise scramble around we didn't see a ton of that in Seattle these last couple of years. I think part of it was the structure of the offense. Kyler is kind of no different. You know, when he's running around, he's making plays, he's great, but he hasn't been able to stay on the field. Russ was always better about avoiding hits and, and, and keeping healthy. If Kyler can't stay healthy, it's not going to matter. No, it's not. It's not going to matter at all. And what's really interesting on top of that, Justin, is Kyler held out this entire offseason until mandatory minicamp and OTAs, and he wants a new contract. The Arizona Cardinals haven't given it to him yet, and I'm really curious what that deal looks like and when it happens because Kyler's talent and potential and flashes and play that he has shown, yeah, yeah, you should pay him $50 million, but not all the time. And that's such an interesting balance. And what are you going to get? Are you going to get a Kyler Murray that is that is a superstar for half of his contract? Is that worth it? Is he going to regress? Is he going to take a step forward? Those are obviously better conversations to have than what the Broncos have had the past five years where there's, you know, I mean, you're, you're hoping on a prayer that something turns out, but oh boy, that's such a worse conversation than what we're talking about now where Russell Wilson is coming off a quote unquote down year. People are bashing him across the country because he threw 25 touchdowns to six interceptions. Are you kidding me? Sign me up for that all day. And I think Russ is going to be even better than that. His down year is like an all pro Jake Plummer year. That's <laughs> right. I'll take exactly. it. I'll take it. <laughs> the thing with Kyler too, you know, like I, th I feel like you kind of have to pay him though. You're in such an awkward position organizationally based on the draft capital that you already have invested. You draft Josh Rosen top five and then end up drafting another, you know, quarterback with a top five pick a year later. You now trade a first round pick to bring in Marquise Brown, the wide receiver from the Ravens, which again, is Marquise Brown worth a first round pick when AJ Brown's going for the same asking price, maybe called around a little bit, Arizona, <laughs> but they do that for Kyler as well, you know, cause they're college teammates, you know, so they're, they're trying to appease him. If they do all of that and then they still don't re-sign him, man, that's a big egg on the face moment for the franchise. Talk about a lack of vision. We talked about how the Broncos exactly. need to have a vision and how the Avs have had a vision. Yeah, that would be uh, that would not be good. Not be good at all. But what is good is this final comment coming in from Jordan Andrews says, "Turn the lights off." 
carry me home. Oh man, I love it. What a way to end the pod. What a pod it was. Justin, thank you so much for joining me today. I had an absolute blast. Love the hat, love the sweater. And we'll be back on the DNVR Broncos podcast tomorrow to talk more Broncos, more abs. And man, are we all going to be celebrating at the parade this Thursday. But thank you all so much for tuning in. We really appreciate each and every one of you. We'll be back on the podcast tomorrow. Have a magnificent championship Monday. I know some landmarks we used to hit. We're flying cows.